Or should I say, ho, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your holiday host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. Happy Hanukkah, Cameron. And a happy Hanukkah <laughs> to you, my good man. Uh, also one celebrating it here. <laughs> no, we're, we're <laughs> Listen, we accept all holiday traditions here mm-hmm. on the N-Express Nintendo Podcast. Don't get it confused. Uh, also with us is indie games editor, Campbell Gill. I uh, can't wait to celebrate everybody's favorite red-clad holiday icon. I'm referring to Mario, of course. So. Of course, yes. Yeah, yeah Mario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's making a list. He's checking it twice. He's jumping on mushrooms' heads. That's it. Um, on mushrooms' heads? You know what I meant. I meant Is he eating the mushrooms? Okay. <laughs> okay, everybody. Che- okay, all right. Listen, this metaphor fell apart as soon as I started talking about it. Let's move on. Um, Fair enough. So, uh, obviously... It's that special time of year. Everybody's hanging out with their families, uh, celebrating various holiday traditions. Uh, it's a time of gifts. It's a time of family. It's a time of, you know, maybe you're just hanging out by yourself, which is totally fine, too. Uh, we usually, we've done this, uh, we were just talking about it before we start recording. We have we have done an episode like this, this one, around this time of year, three times running, three years in a row. Uh, so we're going to keep that tradition going strong. Um we generally like to have a little segment uh, about stocking stuffers, those little gifts that are thoughtful, but not too thoughtful, uh, that you just kind of get as a little bit of a teaser to uh, to any other gifts you may or may not receive that year. Uh, Mark, I know this is kind of a segment that is near and dear to your heart. Do you have any stocking stuffers in mind that you wanted to start off with? Of course, I have to say it for the third year in a row. If you somehow do not own Puyo Puyo Tetris 1 or 2, <laughs> how? It's literally like 5 to 10. I've seen this game on clearance for 3 bucks at yeah. Walmart. How could you not have this thing by now? Mark, it's like one of the best the, multiplayer for games the record, on the system. I do not have either Puyo Puyo Tetris. Disgraceful. I was okay. And you've had to that. you've had to hear me listen to this for three I years have. now, <laughs> and I'm always like, "Well, he says you got to do it, but I'm not gonna do it." So, <laughs> damn, Cameron, you don't have it either. Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that oh I have. Oh my god, uh, Puyo We're just a bunch of disgraceful <laughs> rebels on this show. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, listen, it's uh, it's. I would say it's not the end of the world, but apparently it is. It is. Um, yes, <laughs> everyone should have this game. It's so That's good. Fair. How do you you can play you can play the Sonic Adventure Two soundtrack in the second game, Campbell? Wait, I didn't know that. What? Yes, Wait, you could which, play um City Escape. Yeah, Crush Forty City Escape. You could play wow. that while playing Puyo Puyo Tetris Two and play Sonic. So now you have Mark, to get it. If you've been talking about this game for three years, why are you only telling me about this now? Like, that's a selling point right there. I believe it was a DLC update after we first talked about it last year. Wait, do, I have, do I have to pay for Sonic Adventure? No, no, no. All the, all the DLC was free. Yeah, it's what? all free. Yeah. So you're good. You got I'm it. I'm literally going to log on to my Camp, Switch right now. <laughs> check, check, check the price. He's I'm about to stuff his own. Ones. He's about to stuff his own stocking right now. You know um, it, I guess we... Before we before we move on, I guess we should uh, 
we should clarify how many stocking <laughs> stuffers are we talking here? Uh, I'll mention two because I got another one. Okay, uh, yeah, my got, other I've one. Got, I've got two as well. Yes. Yeah, I've I got have two to say also. it. Digital codes, like the eShop, like a $20 credit is like the best thing you can give right now because there are so many good options you can get with $20, whether you want multiple games or one game. So my recommendation, I'm sure you guys got a lot of indies. My digital one would be Chicory, A Colorful Tale. Oh, that yeah. game is like essential. You you have to play that. And it's, I think it's $19.99 or is it $24.99? $19.99. I love it. It's been on uh, sale for like fifteen ninety nine. Oh yeah, no, it, past, I would like, say it goes on two. sale. Yeah. yeah, it goes on sale every every so often for sure. Um, that's a great suggestion, uh, Mark Chickory. A colorful tale is a fantastic game. Um, you reviewed that for the website, right? Yes, I reviewed the PS five version, but the P- nice. the you know the the Nintendo Switch version. You just get in handheld mode and you get the touchscreen compatibility, which I've heard people say it's like the definitive way to play it. I haven't tried it myself, but. It runs a 1080-60, so I, I, I would assume I, it is. Because I, I played that game on the PS5 as well, and I actually loved using the touchpad on the DualSense controller, so I, I can't imagine that it's any worse than the touchpad um, if, you, if you play it on the Switch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like using the touchscreen? Yeah, yeah, of course. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes um, sense to me. I love that. Um, those are good some guests, some great suggestions. Poya Poya Tetris, um, as well as Chicory, a colorful tale. If only Nintendo would let us gift individual games. Still, how is that not an issue, or how is that still an issue? I should say. I I, I feel like we talk about this every year, but uh, it's pretty pretty bananas that you still can't gift a digital game to somebody. Yes. The um, only way is you go on a retailer and just buy a digital code and give it to them. Yeah, but you know that's not as fun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Oh, I'm imagining yeah. like the DS. You open up your DS. You have a little present there. You click on the icon. It unwraps. I'm, I'm like, how is that not a thing on the on the? It should have been. Yeah, I mean the That's DS had. I think the Wii had it too, right? Like, did it? That I don't Wii? know. I thought it did. One second. Maybe the Wii U. I feel like the Wii is a bit too primitive. <laughs> Wii gift. It's crazy because you've been able to do it on Xbox, on Microsoft for a long time. You can do it on Steam. Steam has had this I don't think you can do it on PlayStation either. You cannot do it on PlayStation. Okay. I, I do know that as well, which is super annoying. Uh, but it's fine. It's neither here nor there. Yeah, uh, no, the Campbell, Wii Shop you... channel did have a gifting feature. I'm looking no at the support article from Nintendo. Interesting. Hmm. Wow. I guess they just decided it wasn't worth it or something. So um, weird. Campbell, do you want to jump in next, or would you rather I, I do I would it? love to, uh, because what? there is one little-known, low-budget stocking stuffer game that I think would bring joy to any gaming fan's heart on Christmas morning to, you know, pull it out of their stocking and unwrap it, because it's a great value for your money. It's from a legendary franchise, uh, but it's, you know, maybe a little-known game at this point. It's something called uh, Sonic Frontiers. I'd say that oh, it's yeah. a great budget title um, for a stocking <laughs> stuffer at this point. Which like, I'm uh, honestly not even exaggerating very much because you can go online and like it came out a month ago and it's already down to like between 20 to 30 bucks in most places. Uh, yeah. Switch version too. So it's, it's uh, a pretty fitting stocking stuffer, I'd say, especially for the value that you get from it because it's a dozens of hours of gameplay, a sweet Sonic action, you know? There's even a free DLC that just came out where Sonic can wear a little Santa outfit. So it's like the perfect Christmas game gift, of the year. I'd say. Absolutely. Well, and, and Campbell, you, you make a great... This is kind of this, uh, maybe part of a larger conversation, but I think what's great about that suggestion 
is that this is Sonic Frontiers is the quintessential kind of game that a lot of people, unless they're like diehard Sonic fans, are going to be on the fence about. Like, ah, should I get it? Should I not? <laughs> I, so, like, yeah, yeah, I was just thinking yeah. that to myself. Do you know like, what I mean? If I was so, gifted, so, it, I'd probably play it. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So receiving it as a gift is like the perfect way to circumvent that. Like, it's 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 100 mark that that kind of game where it's yeah. like ah, I don't know. But then if you get it as a gift, it's like, oh, okay, well, the pressure's off that. You can just kind of enjoy it for what it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even when I bought the game, I was like, do I really want to make this investment, you know? I was like, do I want to get my heart broken again as a Sonic fan? But for me, it turned out to be worth it. I understand Campbell, that we, we not everyone for... else is as delusional as I am. I was going to say, Campbell, we, we live for the pain. That's that's part of it. That's <laughs> part of being a Sonic fan. That's very, very true, yes. So, yeah, uh, please just proselytize the good word of Sonic this holiday season. And, I uh, love that. Get Sonic frontiers or uh, you'll create some future grinch you know <laughs> that too you can stoke the fires of uh uh wars between sonic and mario or something <laughs> like i hate sonic now because of this one christmas gift that ruined my christmas wow so, that's yeah. that's uh it's getting into some uh some real stuff there campbell you got another so, you got another stocking stuffer or should yeah, i, I should do I uh, do we want to make it one at a time, or should I jump in with my second? No, one? I did. I did both. All right, Go ahead, then. Hit it. Here's the second one, which uh, honestly, Mark, I'm surprised you didn't mention this. But for me, my favorite uh, stocking stuffer suggestion when it comes to digital Switch games has to be Lunastus, uh, because oh, yeah. that's like the like uh, like as much as I joke about Sonic Frontiers being the quintessential stocking stuffer, Lunastus is like the perfect game to gift. It's just like oh. a nice little thought to other other people because it's dirt cheap. It's like five bucks on the eShop. See, I didn't say this one, and it's because I don't know if you can get like a digital code for it from like a store page or something like that. You could definitely I mean, get it on Steam and you can gift it to someone, but for Nintendo Switch, it, it might be the kind be of game where you'd be, you're gonna be like. Hey, hey, Mark! I'm gonna give you a five dollar eShop yeah. gift card. That's, you have that's to download what I mean. Yeah, it's like if you give him a five dollar eShop card, your options are pretty limited for good games. Oh, and hey, okay, guys, mm-hmm. guess good news. Uh, Lunistus currently on sale for four bucks, right? For four bucks, oh four dollars and twenty four cents until January fifth, twenty twenty three. So. If you do get That's a little, what I'm saying, yeah. perfect stocking stuffer right now. The perfect stocking stuffer, right? If you're listening to this, buy it now, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know, I don't know, give your switch to somebody else. Yeah, um, give your switch to somebody. Else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you already have Lunistus on it. You know what I mean? I'm, am I just going to put my my switch OLED in a box and ship it to one of you guys for Christmas? Yeah, exactly. Now? Mm-hmm. That's okay. how it works. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. how you gift. That's how you gift a Switch game to somebody. You have to <laughs> create a gift account that you put uh, presents on, and then you go from there. Um, it's just Nintendo's big scheme to get everybody to buy, like, 30 different Switches. They've always said they want multiple Switches per household. Um, they've succeeded. This is they have succeeded. I was going to say, there, there are... I have two Switches in my household currently, so, like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm part of the problem. Um, that's very funny. Um, all right, so my, my stock itself is uh, a little unconventional, um, I gotta say. One of them is, okay, so maybe you guys can speak to this. Because, listen, you guys are younger. I know that you've got, sometimes it's hard to get together with friends during the holiday season. Sometimes you get together with those friends after the Hanukkah, Christmas, like your traditional, these are the couple of weeks where we give gifts to each other. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you're getting together like mid-January, you know what I mean? So this uh, this is a stocking stuffer. Um, The... uh, there's new Amiibo that are coming out next year. Oh. Uh, specifically, I'm talking about that Sephiroth Amiibo, guys. Mm. Uh, this is an Amiibo that does not come out for a little while. It comes out mid-January 2023. 
But maybe mm-hmm. it's the perfect type of gift for that friend of yours who is a Final Fantasy fan, who is a Nintendo fan, who collects Amiibo, but maybe you just can't get it together and you can't see them during that holiday break, so you're catching up with them after the fact. The I'm talking, of course, about the Smash Brothers Sephiroth Amiibo. It looks amazing. It would be a great gift. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. If, I, if one wound up in my stocking, you know, in four weeks... I would be happy. It's the uh, gift for anyone who has ever uttered the words Mako Energy or Genova. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The perfect gift for the, that friend of yours who, who played Crisis Core over break and was like, who's this Sephiroth guy? Uh, <laughs> lo and behold, we have a gift for you. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing if there was uh, Amiibo functionality for, for Crisis Core Reunion on Switch? <laughs> Um, you can just summon Meteor if you scan the Sephiroth amiibo. <laughs> all, all I want is just for when you tap the amiibo to your Joy-Con or whatever, that just your Switch immediately starts playing One Winged Angel. Oh my That's god, all I yes. want. Just that little bump, 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 bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be incredible. Yeah. Oh. Wow, I just uh, smelled a candle and it smelled amazing. Uh, so my, my <laughs> wife, my, listen, guys, your wife walks up to you and so shows a candle in her yeah. face. You smell that candle. Uh, You're already so putting gosh. a fire behind you. Yes, you can <laughs> yeah, menacingly look at someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep it cozy in here, guys. Um, uh, my second stopping suffer. So um, this is kind of a, again, sort of a cross-promotional thing. Um, friend of the show, uh, Gabe Durham, my friend Gabe, uh, is the uh, editor-in-chief of independent publishing company Boss Fight Books. Uh, they are little uh short little books probably usually about less than 200 pages uh tend to be behind the scenes deep dives into individual video games often it is about the making of a game or what that game meant to the particular author um super fun little books um often there's a great little little insight into game development or the making of a video game or just what it's like to be a game dev at a specific period of time um boss by books they got books on all kinds of games they're they're the their shelf size is teeny tiny they're like they're not like the size of a of a big fat paperback book they're like a little smaller perfect size for a stocking um i would recommend the golden eye 64 book which just came out this past fall um, I've also enjoyed the Final Fantasy VI book, which is a deep dive into the music of uh, Nobuo Uematsu. Um, it, it, great little books, highly recommend. And if you, if you have a friend who's like into video games, but you don't want to just get them like another video game, or you don't want to get them just, you know, like, hey, I got you a Figma or something. It's like, you can get them something a little bit different, if they're, if they're into, especially if they're interested in like how video games are made. I highly recommend Boss Fight books. They're great. Uh, you can get them. Uh, they have a uh, what do you call them? Kindle like ebooks as well as as well as the hard copies. Uh, so you know they got got them uh, all, all shapes and sizes for for uh, the friend of yours who is both literary and into video games. Which is I feel like that's us. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a weird cross section of humanity. But I, I think a boss fight uh, manages to stride that line admirably. Um, mm-hmm. So those are mine. I went uh, to uh... Bebo. Go ahead. I was gonna say I went to Barnes and Nobles today, and I saw the um, the Super Mario Odyssey art book, and I see it there every year. And I was like, I really nice. want to get that one year. <laughs> yeah, eventually. I, I have a couple. Um, obviously, I have a giant stack of boss fight books, but I have a few like video game related art books. I had the Last of Us one for a while. Um, I love those. Uh, these are these are I wouldn't call them a stocking stuffer. These are a little more expensive. But those, have you seen those Future Press? Those are really nice. Um, like hardback books that are like they're really they're like the size of a paving stone. They're really big. Um, 
they, they tend to be about the Soulsborne games. There's like a really nice Sekiro one. There's a really nice Elden Ring one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's beautiful, kind of like kind of like art book slash like strategy guide sort of things. Really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tend to run a little bit more expensive. I wouldn't necessarily call them a stocking stuffer. Um, if so they yeah, can listen, fit in a stocking. To begin with. Well, maybe it depends uh, on the yeah, size very, of the stocking. You know? A very big foot is is what it would have to be. <laughs> um, nice. And on a related yes. note, the all those Dark Horse uh, art books it, games are or art books are really good too. You know, Zelda art book. Um, there's some Final Fantasy uh mm-hmm. art collections Hyrule Historia. Actually, yeah, Hyrule Historia. I got a Final Fantasy uh art book for my brother the other day. Uh I hope he's not listening to this now that I just say that. But you know, <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I love it. There's a so, whole yeah, world so, of game art books. Listen, there's there's all kinds of game books out there. If you want to get something for you know your your gamer friends, it's a little bit different. All kinds of great stuff. And of course Boss Fight Books is, I think, a great stock and suffer. Um we're going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the... We're going to kind of close out... Uh, this is probably our last episode before the new year, unless I'm... No, we'll probably record one more next week. But this is our one of our biggest episodes at the end of the year. We're going to talk about the best Nintendo Switch games of 2022. So stay tuned. We're going to come back after the break and, and kind of run through Goomba Stomp's list of the best games of 2022. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So uh, we have, I have in front of me here, the 22 best games of 2022. Uh, Mark, I would love for you to talk a little bit, kind of explain sort of how these lists come to be um, mm-hmm. over on Goobastomp. Because we make a lot of lists over on Goobastomp. We do. Uh, <laughs> we, 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 you know, we, we, listen, we love a list over there. Uh, so why, why don't you explain a little bit about like what this list is, how this list came to be. Uh, yeah. So the process of uh, this one that we're going to be uh, specifically going over, which is the best Nintendo Switch games of 2022, the 22 best specifically. Um, So what we did is this is entirely separate from our game of the year list. So if you haven't looked at that, you can look it on the website. Spoiler, Elden Ring's our game of the year. But uh, (laughs) that is for everything in total. And each list pertains to certain rules. So like for the Nintendo Switch list, Um, What we decided is that games that have not come to a Nintendo platform in the past that came to Nintendo this year are legible to make this list. Eligible. Eligible, sorry. (laughs) They can be read. They can be be read on this list. Indeed, they can. That's that's also fact. 
they they can be read on this list. But uh, we don't include like ports of past games that have already been on a Nintendo platform. Uh, when it comes to remasters and compilations like that, we usually don't include those. This is usually like straight up original titles. So we do have specific quirks to the list where we'll adjust it every year depending on the environment of what games released. And we try and make it as fair as possible since there are certain games which... There's one later on, you know, we'll get to it, but you'll probably say, why is this on the list? And then we'll explain it, and you'll be like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Awesome. Uh, great. All right, so we have we have the context. Let's dive in. Um, at number 22, which, honestly, I thought it would be a little bit higher on the list, but, you know, here it is. At number 22, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Uh, we've talked to this, about this game at length. We had Yoshiller on a couple of weeks ago to expound on the, the successes and the failures of this game. The first quote unquote, well, I don't know, which, how do we even contextualize this game? It's a, it's a open world Pokemon game ish, uh, does a lot of things pretty well, does a lot of things very poorly, including, you know, graphics uh running them it's broken as heck <laughs> it's broken as heck and yet even though we love to dunk on this game it is so fun it is so addictive uh, we had to put it on here we yeah. had to put it on yeah. it's it's truly like it is a i think we can all agree it is a fantastic first step for this kind of pokemon game uh, what do you gentlemen any 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 more crystallized thoughts it's been a few weeks since we've talked about uh, yeah, i can give you some is... uh, Oh, yeah, on. Campbell, you go first. You go All first. Right. I was just going to say, I think this is the perfect spot for this game because it 100% wow. deserves to be on the list of the best Switch games this year. It is, like you just said, a fantastic game. The most fun, to me at least, that Pokemon has ever been. It's the first time a Pokemon game has really been addictive to me, you know, because I often get, like, frustrated with the same old linear Pokemon gameplay loop that you had in previous titles, Sword and Shield, Sun and Moon, all those games. They felt so samey. Scarlet and violet was such a breath of fresh air to it at the same time it is like unacceptably broken in so many areas and it's just not okay for a game of this caliber to release in the state that it did especially given that there have been a few patches but it's still nowhere near i would say an acceptable state for a game of this caliber to be right now so it's perfect for it to come towards the bottom. It deserves to be celebrated this year, but also shouldn't be elevated too much because this. my fear is that this sets a standard for what's going to be acceptable for Game Freak games going forward. Uh, it, it, it is just, simply put, not okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sums it up. We actually we had a big debate behind the scenes, and it was... Um, would this be Pokemon Legends Arceus or would it be Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? And mm. everyone I spoke to said, put Scarlet and Violet. So I was like, okay, Scarlet and Violet it is. Yeah, interesting. It's, I've, the thing is, like, I keep thinking about Scarlet and Violet, even though it's been a long time since I last played it. I keep forgetting that Legends Arceus even came out this year. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great game, but it doesn't feel as impactful or special as Scarlet and Violet, I'd say, in terms of from a gameplay perspective, at least. Wow. Yeah, I'm... It's interesting. I I put down Pokemon Scarlet. I, I lent it to a buddy, uh, so I, I passed off my copy of Pokemon Scarlet to somebody. Uh, maybe maybe that, that's maybe now it's the perfect time to go back and, and pick uh, Legends Arceus back up. Who knows? Because I never did... I, ne I did never finish that game, so... I don't know. Uh, let's move on here. Number 21, Triangle Strategy. Formerly Project Triangle Strategy. 
change to triangle strategy. A strategy <laughs> RPG from the good folks at Square Enix, an HD 2D tactics extravaganza that uh, put all of us to sleep a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite kind of extravaganza. <laughs> Listen, it's uh, I think about I, I've been thinking about this lately because uh, like I I I reviewed this game uh, for Goomba Stop. I very much enjoyed it, but also yeah, uh, it put me to sleep so many times. Uh, the battles are weirdly few and far between. Um, once you get in the battles, pretty fun tactics game. Uh, but you can play this game for three hours and experience one battle. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's uh it's an interesting an interesting game. I. I do enjoy it. I like the characters. The voice acting is is kind of hit or miss. Um, the, the as Mark, I'm sure you're going to mention uh, the, the pacing yeah. of the characters. Listen, this is my yeah. most regrettable purchase of the entire year. Oh, I wow, really like. You guys know I love Fire Emblem. I I couldn't get into this game. Yeah, I think I'm, you know it has its value. I see why people like it, and I understand it. And sure. there's some aspects of it I really enjoy, especially like the character designs and just the whole art style and everything. But I don't know. I wouldn't have personally put this on the list, but people wanted to see it. <laughs> Interesting. I okay. Yeah, we, we got democracy. Gotta, uh, it's democracy for you. Uh, yeah, we got to We got to comb through this list and see who's voting for Triangle Strategy. Um, I wonder how many people who who voted for this game actually finished the game. Did you finish? Do you know. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's 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 uh, it's pretty question. chunky and it's very slow paced. Um, yeah, I couldn't. Uh, this thing could be a, a coaster now for me. I will probably never go back to it. Oh, damn. I yeah. send, send it to Campbell. Send it to for uh, for a stock server so, so he can finally form his opinions on it. Uh, <laughs> and then turn yes. it to the Grinch. Yes. yes. And then turn to the Grinch. Exactly. We're we're just trying to <laughs> we're trying to Grinchify Campbell. Uh, moving down. Fair moving enough. onward. It's number bug twenty. Snacks. Bug snacks. Yes. It's got to be bug snacks. I'm talking about bug snacks, everybody. Uh, this game was actually a not quite. A, was it a launch title for PS5? No, it was PS5 launch title. Yeah. It was a PS5 launch title. Finally got ported to the Nintendo Switch this year. Uh, Mark, you you wrote the review, the uh, the port review for for this game. Why don't you talk mm -hmm. a little bit about Bug Snacks? Yeah, Bug Snacks is great. I mean, you know, it originally came out as a PS5 game, and it was meant to sh t showcase some of that console's technical capabilities. But this port's really good. The only problem is, I feel like it's kind of graphically like very fuzzy sometimes, which is expected. Sure. But there's sometimes like some frame rate drops that are a little annoying. But it's the full Bug Snacks experience, and it has the new Big Snacks DLC, which is really oh, right. good if you haven't played it. You know what? So. I actually never got around to that DLC. Yeah, the, it's the really free, great. The free DLC that they added, um, which I love. I wish I wish more devs, uh, <laughs> you know, were were able to to contribute free DLC to games. What a concept! Uh, mm. Bug Snacks is great. It's kind of a weird <laughs> blend between like a like a relationship sim and a photography catching creatures mm -hmm. game. Um, very strange, fun little creatures that are, that are a mix between food and like creature. Uh, so you get like a hot dog that looks like a centipede. You get, you know, like a butterfly that's mm -hmm. also got pizzas for wings, like Bunger. Weird stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Who could forget? Uh, Bunger, everybody's favorite. <laughs> um, a hamburger that is also a spider. It's great. Um, what a great little game. Uh, yeah, highly recommend it. And yeah, I'm glad that it, to see that it uh, holds up pretty well on the Switch. Uh, moving on down. Oh my gosh. Number 19, Kirby's Dream Buffet. Oh, so good. Uh, yes. Incredible. Uh, we love Kirby's Dream Buffet. Kind of a surprise release. At least it was for me. Mm -hmm. um, right, Mark, I imagine you're, you're more plugged into the Kirby like oeuvre. Like, did you know more about this game before it came out? 
Uh, well, it was kind of like shadow, not really shadow dropped. It was announced and then released like, I think like two weeks later, but it was kind of expected there would be a Kirby spinoff because also Nintendo at the beginning of the year was like, we have multiple Kirby projects this year coming out. So you're like, well, it's probably a spinoff game because there's always a Kirby spinoff game after a mainline game. And Mm -hmm. this was it. And it lived up to expectations. At least I think, I think it's a really fun multiplayer game. It's a great pick-up-and-play multiplayer game. Uh, We actually had um, Eliza from Kirby Informer on the podcast a couple of months ago, and we did some live playthroughs of a couple of rounds of Kirby's Dream Buffet. It's kind of a mix between, like, a racing game and, like, Fall Guys. Uh, It's a very, very chaotic uh, multiplayer game. Uh, Some It's like party party time. Super fun. Very low stakes. Um, And yet... Very good music. Excellent Incredible music. music. Fun, tasty fun, graphics. They're delicious. Very, yum, yum, yum. very sweet graphics. Treat. Fun collectibles. Bring, yeah, it mm-hmm. can bring out the violence and everyone else you're playing with, uh, which is excellent. <laughs> uh, seriously, but the episode where we played a few matches live with Eliza on the show is one of my favorite episodes this year. Super fun. It's a very, very fun little game. Mm-hmm. Definitely, like, I was not expecting to get into a Kirby spinoff as much as I did this year. Normally, the spinoffs are, like, fine, you know, but I don't sink too much time into them. But Kirby's Dream Buffet is just really addictive who knew that kirby guys would be such a hit really (laughs) yeah super fun except Uh, it needs four-player co-op it needs that local play somehow Mm, it does not have local four-player co-op we Mm -hmm. were able to enjoy it um online but uh come on where is where's the where's the local co-op nintendo get it together um moving on down number 18 here oh here we go uh live alive the hd 2d kind of surprise western release of a niche sleeper hit rpg uh campbell you reviewed this game for the website why don't you why don't you talk a little bit about live alive i'm just so delighted i get to talk about this game on a nintendo show in the year of our lord 2022 like (laughs) this game for years has just existed as this little whisper among jrpg fans like oh did you hear about live alive this really niche japan only rpg that was secretly massively influential but never came out in the west and now not only do us in the west finally get to play it it's localized but also got this gorgeous hd 2d remake on switch it's absolutely one of my favorite games that i played this year on the switch uh it's an excellent really really unique rpg from the same era as classics like chrono trigger and final fantasy 6 it has uh seven unique stories that are all completely standalone with their own characters their own gameplay mechanics their own stories ranging from a sci-fi thriller like a stanley kubrick film all the way uh, back to a prehistoric adventure before humans had even developed language and all characters just communicate in like grunts and little emojis that hover above their head like it's really cute um there's insane variety between the stories but then the way that they eventually intertwine and it's all unified in this really striking uh almost tactical top-down combat system where it takes place in a grid-based plane and it's all about positioning your characters correctly with area of effect moves to take out as many enemies at once Uh, It's just such a distinctive experience that's not like any other uh, classic RPG from that time. It's it was a blast back then. It was really impactful. And today, I think we can finally see how it influenced games like other HD 2D games, such as Octopath Traveler. It's basically Octopath Traveler before that game was a thing. Uh, It's really, really inventive. I can't recommend it enough for JRPG fans on the Switch. And and worth noting, there is a a free demo on the eShop. Um, there is. And, and the progress that you make in that demo carries over 
to your if you if you decide to get the full game your, your save mm-hmm. file carries over which is pretty cool mm-hmm. um you i think they've been doing a chunk out of those it's it's a solid it's too. like what it's like three chapters or yeah, something you can play right? through three chapters and then it takes you up to like halfway through each of them so yeah pretty so good it's like, slice of the game a great slice of the game, and and like again, Square Enix has been pretty good about uh, about putting out demos. Same, they did the same thing for Octopath Traveler. Uh, they did the same thing for Dragon Quest Eleven. Like, it's pretty cool that you can get a you can get a really get a feel for the game and decide yeah. if you like it or not before and you purchase. I, so, and I just got emphasize again that this game is probably one of the best looking games on Switch. I'm not even joking. It is probably yeah, the best looking is. HD two yeah. D game out there. It's like very much it shows that Square has like perfected this visual style to the point where like I cannot wait to see what they do with the other HD two D games coming out like. Dragon Quest Three, <laughs> like Dragon I'm Quest three, so hyped Traveler right now. Two. Exactly, Octopath yeah. Traveler Two looks so good. Oh my gosh, yeah. the the future is bright for people who like two D games and three D that are JRPGs. <laughs> yeah, <It's>, uh, <laughs> that's that's very good. Um, all right, moving on to our next item on the list here. Oh, this is a fun one. Number seventeen, Cult of the Lamb. Uh, this one of the most fascinating games released this year. Kind of a weird hybrid game. It is part like farm simulator slash you know cult simulator i guess part dungeon crawler um it's got a little bit of everything for everybody uh i i liked this game i didn't love it but i but I, you know i beat the whole thing so who, who am i to say um I, I i also reviewed it for for goomba stop i enjoyed it quite a lot it does surprise me that it's ranked so high on this list so it uh it clearly resonated with a lot of the staff which is kind of great it was kind of <laughs> like the hit indie game of the summer i would say um Probably. Very much. Yeah, it was right? definitely I, one of them. It was it, like every year, every couple of months, there's like a game that's like, you have to play this. You know, I think like a couple of years ago it was, you know, Death's Door. Um, this year it's probably like Vampire Survivors and, and this game, I would say, Cult of the Lamp. Um, a really fun game, very striking art style. It is both very cute. Like all the characters kind of look like paper cutouts, little animals, and uh, like very very wholesome looking but then the themes of this game are extremely dark you're like you're like playing in service of an evil demon um you can sacrifice your cult members for like bonuses when you're dungeon crawling it's it's uh it's kind of like a weird uh very interestingly t- uh very interesting tone um kind of like happy tree friends is i think what i compared it to in my review yeah. like something something that looks very wholesome but is actually like really messed up on murderous the yeah exactly <laughs> um, for life yeah yeah if you haven't played it i do recommend it it is available on switch i've heard it had some issues when it first launched hopefully they've been ironed out by now i think they patched them out because i had a few friends so. who were waiting to finish the game because there were like some game breaking bugs yeah. at launch but i think they patched them because they all oh, finished great. the game and well, they probably go. wouldn't have if it didn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I played it on Steam, so I can't speak to what it looks like on Switch. But uh, but I imagine it's it, hopefully it's been a few months, so hopefully they've put it, put it all together mm-hmm. by uh, by now. Um, and yeah, and I have a couple, you know, not to self plug, but I have a couple of articles uh, on the site about Cult of the Lamp. So go check those out. Uh, moving on down here, number sixteen, Ollie Ollie World. Uh, this game, I feel like we saw a trailer for it from every Nintendo Direct for the last six months maybe longer like probably last last year right (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh the this is like a kind of i I wanted to say a threequel but i don't think it's the right phrase uh i loved ollie ollie and ollie ollie 2 great great weird 2d skateboarding games ollie ollie world is a little bit different um it's it's in 3d different art style than kind of the pixelated uh 2d aesthetic that the previous ollie ollie games uh implemented uh, by all accounts, a super fun game. I haven't played it personally, so I can't speak to it. Uh, 
but it looks beautiful, and the the soundtrack is probably fantastic if the trailers are anything to go by. Um, I don't think do, any of guys, us have played it. Have none of us played it? Oh, man. Well, I there you go. I guess that's all we have to say about Ollie so, Ollie World. Then. Yeah. It looks nice. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks nice, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, listen, uh, it's it's about midway through our list here, so it can't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on down to the next one, one we can talk at length about. Oh, heck uh, Number yeah. 15, Shovel Knight Dig. So good. Uh, we've all been looking, for, looking forward to... Sh- it's so fun. <laughs> yes, uh, Campbell could dig it. Uh, we've all been looking forward to uh, to Shovel Knight Dig for a really long time. Uh, it's a great game. It's it's a roguelite, roguelike, roguelite, whatever the phrase you choose to use is. It's kind of a combination between like Downwell and you know your standard Shovel Knight aesthetics. Um, every run's a little bit different. You're finding different power ups. You're finding uh, different ways to kind of move through every stage. Uh, super fun. We had Celia over from Yacht Club Games over on the podcast a handful of times this year to talk about mm-hmm. this game, and uh, we all had a blast playing it. Um, if you like Shovel Knight, if you like that world and you want to see what those aesthetics look like applied to a different genre this is definitely the game for you um it's great we, we all enjoyed it quite a lot mm-hmm. um i don't know anything else we got to say about uh about shovel knight this Dig? game was like a dream come true for me if only because it was a collaboration between yonkala games one of the best indie teams out there and nitro the kings of web-based flash games from back in the day and they have since moved on to making really excellent console games as well and you can really see both both teams at their best with that nitro doing the brunt of the development yacht club providing you know the ideas the world the support all that kind of stuff it's just a really addictive charming game and a wonderful uh addition to the shovel knight universe i'd say both from the the story perspective towards the ending and just a really cool a literal reversal of the shovel knight gameplay loop instead of going from left to right you're going from up to down and you keep going from up to down over and over again and it's hard Mm -hmm. to stop it's funny this one's probably my least favorite shovel knight but it still deserves to be here. It's a great game, but I think that's also yeah. a high, you know, testament to say, that's just the, how good Yakuza is. That speaks yeah. to the quality of the series <laughs> as a whole. You yeah. know, each and every Shuffle Knight game is fantastic. Uh, I would say I enjoyed this a little more than Pocket Dungeon, but that's only because I'm not as much of a a puzzle fan. A puzzle, yeah. yeah. And then mm-hmm. I'm more of a puzzle fan, so yeah, it speaks for itself. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's a great game. Looking forward to what's next from uh, the fabulous developers over at Yacht Club Games. I'm sure we'll have Celia on again uh, soon. Mina the Hollower. Mina the Hollower. Can't wait. Anyway, uh, moving on. Number 14 here. (laughs) At number 14, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim. (laughs) Uh, Wow, that was so close to being perfect. It was so so close. Guys, we we, should have voted for it. Mark, you should have fudged the numbers a little bit, uh, (laughs) but it's fine. I was literally thinking that when I I had to publish the list. I was like, this doesn't feel right. (laughs) It doesn't feel right. Uh, A fantastic, sprawling, sci-fi adventure ported to the Nintendo Switch this year. Uh, I, I reviewed the port of this game for the Switch, and I called it the... What did I call it? The best game you've never played is finally getting ported to Switch. Um, it's a weird, weird game. I can't even begin to talk about the story because it's just it's just too 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 large, to be quite honest. Um, you're following multiple protagonists across different timelines, not unlike uh, you know Live Alive, to be honest. Um, the way these characters intersect with each other is fascinating. Uh, the payoffs are like mind blowing. It's a great game. And I think it's the best example of... Oh, what the hell is the studio called? Um, 
Uh, eh, I'll look it up another time. No. Hold on. Sorry, guys. I gotta Atlas? Go <laughs> no, it's not. There's a specific studio within Atlas. Um, yeah, Vanillaware. Vanillaware. Thank you. I think it is the best Vanillaware game. And I love Vanillaware. They've done a lot of great stuff. Um, but this, to me, is like the quintessential Vanillaware game. How many times can I say quintessential on this podcast? Uh, at least three. Um, it's good. Highly recommend it. Um, and again, perfect for Switch. Because, because there's so many different um, story segments going on uh you can kind of dip in and out of different uh chapters as you see fit you can you can shift perspectives to different uh, protagonists as as you desire so it's the perfect game to kind of pick up and play um on the switch i highly highly recommend it we had james Mm -hmm. on when the game was released uh james are one of our uk correspondents uh, and we just had a blast just kind of talking about the ins and outs of uh, 13, it's 13 Sentinels. So if you, if you haven't picked up this game, I think the Switch is, the, is for me, the definitive uh, way to play it. Uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, moving on, number 13, Weird West. Didn't get a the game play. I have not played. I, yeah, yeah. I know nothing about this. Me neither. This, um, yeah, this came out at the beginning of the year. It's a uh, Western from Devolver Digital, and... Uh, I was shocked over how many people voted for this game because not only is it on this list, it's on our game of the year list, and I think huh. it's at the same exact spot as well. Well, there you go. Um, that is fascinating to me. Yeah, this is not one of those ones I played. It's I, I keep hearing about it. It's, it's popping up in odd places here and there. Um, obviously, you know, I think we all read a lot of video game news and, and video and listen to, you know, podcasts and shows and stuff like that. And it's one of those games that's it's kind of in the conversation a lot. Um, I don't know anything about it other than people seem to enjoy it. So, yeah, if you, Demo- if you like democracy wins, <laughs> that's, that's, that's democracy for you, baby. Um, I believe it's like a tactics. It is. RPG? It's a it's a tactics game. Yeah. Got it. So yeah, it's like a tactics game. Um, I mean, the pedigree is great. Um, the founder of Arcane. If you liked Dishonored and Prey, apparently there's some stuff to, to talk about there. Um, the setting is pretty cool, kind of like a horror Western theme. Like that's kind of unique. Maybe that's why people latched onto it because of the cool art style and the cool uh, cool world. So yeah, Weird West. Uh, moving on down here, number twelve, Mario plus Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. So good. The perfect duology to yeah. Kingdom Battle. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mark, you, you played a lot of this game. Why, why don't you talk yes. a little bit about if it? Yes, if this, if Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle was a Mario game, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hopes is a Rabbids game. Ah, yes. And I mean that. I think in retrospect, I was a bit harsh on it when we first reviewed it in that aspect that I felt like it was kind of missing those Mario elements. And I still think it had a lot of potential to use Mario Galaxy elements within the game itself. But I think in terms of looking back on it, if these are the only two Mario plus Rabbids games we get on Switch, I kind of think it's like this perfect duology of you got your Mario half, you got your Rabbids half. Rabbids half is obviously way more improved in terms of gameplay. It's way more dynamic and interesting, the combat system. But it makes this perfect back-to-back play session where you're kind of in between two different worlds where, you know, the Mushroom Kingdom versus everything the rabbits have to offer. It feels very similar, but very different in a good way. So I think that's the the strength of this game. And I think people are going to look back on it and be like, it was okay that it didn't have Mario elements. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, like, I think it's, this is one of those wild Nintendo experiments that just shouldn't work on paper, and yet, 
here it we does. are two, ga- <laughs> two games later and we just and we love it like it's 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 uh, it's pretty fascinating that this worked out as well as it did and, and mark i think it's a great a great way to phrase it like because i think i think you're right because you know whether or not the switch pro is uh <laughs> imminent <actually> being made <laughs> you're probably correct that this might be the tail end of the switch's life cycle i think um, it is and there's the rayman dlc which we know last time with the donkey kong dlc how it took them like a year or two to make so right. i think this is it for mario plus rabbits on switch but you never know at ubisoft they're you know, it's kind of the wild card these days. <laughs> they could pull honest. out a third yeah. one. Yeah, they can make it into a trilogy if they easily wanted to. They can get that thing yeah. out in like two years. Yeah, it's uh, who who the heck knows? Uh, this next one, uh, number eleven here, is a game I've been wanting to play. It's been on my list for a long time. Have not gotten around to it yet. Number eleven, Signalis or Signalis, probably Signalis, mm-hmm. a kind of a lo-fi aesthetic sci-fi horror game. Um. I desperately want to play this game. I have it downloaded. Uh, it's it's on Game Pass, so it's like available to play. Uh, haven't touched it yet. <laughs> Me too. I, I feel like kind of got to be in the mood for it. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm very I'm rarely in the mood to just be scared out of my mind. So it's it's always <laughs> kind of like uh, I don't know if I want to play like a Silent Hill inspired sci-fi horror title. But apparently, it's really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our staff you, loves it. I feel yeah, like yeah. I saw like no yeah. coverage for this game at like awards and stuff like that for the end of the year, but I don't know. Yeah, well, Everyone at the out, I was you know, surprised at how many votes we received for it, uh, including for the indie list. Like it was that is very much a hit. It's yeah, crazy. Uh, it, well, it came out uh, kind of towards the tail end of of like normally like you know game of the year time is you know October maybe early November, but I would say like October September is kind of like the time of year. Um, so I think this game came out a little bit after that. So it might have just kind of gone under the radar. And also it's very indie from what I understand. Um, so yeah, it's, it doesn't surprise me that it kind of went under the radar. And yet our staff loved it. Signalis. Um, I can't speak more about it other than that it's supposed to be really, really good and very spooky. So uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot over the holiday break and then I can mm-hmm. report back. Um, so yeah, I love that. Uh, let's move on here. Number 10, Citizen Sleeper. Oh, goodness gracious, I love this game. Um, how do we even describe it? It's kind of it's kind of like a visual novel uh, with some strategy elements. Um, there's like a time element. Uh, it's a visual novel. It's like kind of a sci-fi game. You're, you're playing the sleeper, the eponymous sleeper, as Campbell would say, uh, who his body is constantly degrading. You are an AI consciousness trapped... Or no, I should say this: You're a human consciousness trapped in an AI in a in a robot body. Uh, so you, it's like imagine Mark, if you took your brain, put it in a computer, and uh, somebody else in this sci-fi world has rented out your physical body. So like, kind of the the conceit of the game is you have rented out your physical body to somebody some, else. You've, some Blade Runner stuff. It's right some Blade here. Runner shit. Yeah. It, it tru- yeah. Like this, really and truthfully, it is some Blade Runner shit. Separate. And it's, and it's so good. Hmm. The writing is extremely good. Very affecting. Um, this world they developed is like very interesting. You're, you're kind of, you exist on this space station and sort of the entire game. You're just exploring the space station. You're meeting your community. You're, mm-hmm. you're talking to the, like your, the, the black market guy who gets you your, 
fluid that helps your robot body not degrade. Um, you're talking to like the 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 yakuza boss who runs like the middle section of the space station. It's like okay, you got to pay off that guy or else he's gonna come and kill you. Um, <laughs> there is literally a Blade Runner who is trying to kill you like throughout the game, and if you and if you don't like complete his quest line in a certain amount of time, like you will die. <laughs> it's like it's extremely gnarly. Um, it's a great game. I like loved it. It was one of those games where I, I, I reviewed it for the website and I um like obviously whenever we review a game, we try to, to finish the game as quickly as possible. Um I like had my weekend planned out. I was like, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play this game over the weekend. I ended up beating it in like a day and a half, and I had like, you know, I had five days to beat it or something, and I just couldn't stop playing it. Um a, a fantastic game, and I, I do recommend it. Uh pretty like heavy themes there's a lot of stuff about like you know what happens when you die and like what happens when you're poor and being ground down in a society like like it's not like light reading necessarily like light gameplay it's some pretty heavy emotional stuff in there but mm-hmm. i do highly recommend it especially if you like sci-fi uh games i think i talked about it on the podcast before I, I very much recommend this game yeah this um, is one of them that's been on my wish list but i just haven't uh Either Mark, I haven't I think, seen it on I sale or I haven't like played it. it. Probably. I'd like probably it. really it's, like uh, it. Like, it's, it's again, just to, to caution everybody who's listening, it's like the gameplay itself is, is, I wouldn't say simplistic, but it's not like, you're not like doing things rapidly. Like, it's it's very methodical. Um, it's the kind of game, It's it, I would I would really liken it more to a visual novel than I would anything else. Like, the, the gameplay itself is pretty slow-paced. So if that's not your style, like maybe skip this one. But the writing is really good, and the, and the vibes are just just immaculate. Um, moving on here. Uh, oh, Mark, you could talk about this one here. The mm-hmm. port of the Stanley Parable came to the Switch. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe coming in at number nine on our Switch list here. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those games we, we can't talk too much about it uh, <laughs> because no, we we'll can't. spoil it. Um, and the yes. narrator Mark, would why don't you talk a little bit about this port? Much, mm-hmm. but yes. Yeah. It's um so Stanley Parable first person game where it's kind of like a uh, a psychological experiment of sorts where you're you know a narrator is telling you what to do but you don't have to listen to them except the only way to beat the game is by listening to the narrator. It's a very um <laughs> it's a very funny and complex like a meta commentary. It, it's just it's so fascinating. And I'm glad it's on Switch. It was the first time I ever got to play it because I never had a good enough PC to even run it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just sounds pretty sad because this game shouldn't even take that much, you know, horsepower to run. But, um, you know, Ultra Deluxe gives you, like, another... It's, like, three or four hours of extra content they added onto it. It's basically, like, there's a sequel of the Stanley Parable within the game itself, which is nice. So it, this one is, like... I don't really want to say much about it, but it's like something you really have to sit down and play. You'll enjoy it. If you enjoy like games with humor and commentary and stuff that'll make you think, like you're gonna love this game. There's nothing else to really say about it. Yeah, it's uh it's good. If you haven't played it, the Switch, great place to play it. Uh let's move on here to number eight. Oh boy, a game we all loved. Number eight, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Um 
Guys, I'm gonna let you guys take it away because I feel like you both love beat 'em ups. Mm-hmm. We love playing like, this game together. Yes, uh-huh. without anyone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love just the <laughs> two fine. of us in our it. special <laughs> alone time on PlayStation Five. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but which does bring up a good point. This game needs crossplay. It like, does. Any, it really does. Any Man, multiplayer game like this. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so good. It I want to get back into it. Like literally. It is amazing because we've had this like beat 'em up renaissance going on over the past few years, doing no small a small part to you know Dottie Moo and tribute games. And with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge, we got like the best one yet, I'd say, of this generation. It just feels fantastic to play visually. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, and it really does feel like, as corny as it is, you're playing an episode of classic TMNT. Like the yeah. character designs are on point the, the designs, voice acting the voice acting the personalities the oh man it's just it's so good the music is amazing t lopes you know coming in and just bringing us some bangers alongside some hip-hop tracks and stuff too even it is just so over the top it is a blast to play whether you're playing mm-hmm. it alone or with your other friends on the your chosen platform uh it is just it's excellent absolutely play it locally that's the way to play yeah. it like any beat em up, absolutely the best oh, way yeah. to do it. Always, We've always all reviewed our share of beat em ups, and I have to say, you know, I wish I reviewed this one, but, you know, it, it was more, you were destined to review a camel. Yes, I, I was born for this. <laughs> but this one, is, man. this was the best beat em up I've played in a long time. Like, I played, I played some good ones. Battletoads was another one that stood out to me, but it wasn't like, it wasn't perfect. Like, it wasn't great, but it was good. But this one is, like, this is an amazing game. It is, absolutely. Like, Streets of Rage 4 a few years ago was, like, revelatory to play. And I thought, man, this is, like, the perfect continuation of the best beat-em-up series. It can't get any better from here. And then TMNT happened. And I think this is the gold standard that beat-em-ups will be judged by from now on. Wow. Yeah, it's just, it, it just hits all the bases that you want a beat-em-up to do. Uh, it's both, you know, classic arcade. You can play it all in one go, but it also has a lot of replayability to it, high score mode and all that kind of stuff, a really cute overworld to it with side quests and little secrets to find in every level. Uh, It's just there's so many little details that keep you coming back again and again. The way you can notice little quirks about how each character acts. The fact that April can literally just like, you know, hit hit enemies with a boom mic and stuff and then take pictures of them as they're on the ground. You know, like they just get these little personality quirks in there. And it's so just silly and joyful. You know, if you're a fan of TMNT, I don't think that a game... Uh, uh, based on the property can you really get better than this mm-hmm. nice. 100% I love that um, moving on here uh, number 7 getting on towards the towards the top 10 here or I should, I should say we are well through the top 10 here number <laughs> seven, 7 Splatoon Splatoon 3 so a, good a game we've been looking forward to for a really long time uh, Mark I'm going to I'm gonna throw this one over to you because I know you play the most of this game mm-hmm. it's more Splatoon <laughs> that's really you know what there is to say about it you get a new campaign which is awesome everyone should play the campaign the music in this game is fantastic there's a new card game on the side which they've slowly been like adding stuff to which is awesome the only thing about this game is they need to get the content updates out faster and they need to do more Splatfest because like the online scene is super active you'll get into a match in like seconds still but um you know, we don't want the community to die for this game. And it's not going to, but, you know, Splatoon is huge, but 
it, it definitely the updates need to come out faster that's the really like the only negative of this game i i remember being <laughs> i remember being surprised um at like how few Splatfest there's been this game well i guess maybe not this game came out in what september Yes, and there's only been two Splatfest, I think, so far. I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. Were you, were you hoping for, like, one a month? Is that kind of yeah, what you're I, aiming for? Yeah, that makes sense to me, you know? It's not like they're yeah. doing a lot. Like, they're adding, like, a little piece of artwork to the tournament. They have been improving each Splatfest, where it's, like, the tri-color Splatfest that everyone couldn't get for the first two. Like, now it's going to be a separate game mode within Splatfest itself, and everyone's like, thank God, so... You know, the developers are listening and Nintendo is taking notes and the content they've been adding, all the maps and everything are great, but it just needs to come out faster because people are going to start losing interest and that's the big problem right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's, a, that's a fair concern. Any any kind of online focused game like this inevitably has an expiration date. And of course, mm -hmm. we, you, know, we want, you know, we want Splatoon to do well. We, we want the, the tale of that to be very long indeed. Um, so hopefully they can... The community kind of keeps the game going strong. Splatoon 2 lasted a really long a really time, long. Well, people still play the first Splatoon. Those servers are still up and running. Oh, I didn't know that. That's great. And that's on the Wii U. Yeah. So, there's so no yeah, exception. You, yeah, you have to imagine Splatoon 3 will... will uh, yeah, this game's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. guys. <laughs> All of us telling ourselves it's going to be fine. Um, all right. Oh, wait, man. We're getting into the heavy stuff here. Uh, this is our number six here. Xenoblade... Chronicles 3. It should be higher. That's my opinion, though. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, I, I think it's one of those ones where, like, you know, not everybody has time for 150-hour Of course, yeah. <laughs> that's always, I mean. yeah, that's always the big problem with these lists where it's like, you know, if a game is that long, the odds that a lot of people are going to vote it so high are, like, just it's just not there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, not to spoil anything, but looking at our number one, you know, that didn't prevent that game from... Yes. One, well, so. God, because Campbell, but this is because because they're mutually exclusive. I feel like. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm actually ev evidently not. What am I talking about? Um, hmm. I listen, guys. One of these days, I will. I will. You know, I'll break my legs or something, and then mm -hmm. I'll, all I'll be able to do is play Xenoblade Chronicles Three. It's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You have to be prepared to play this game. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be physically injured. <laughs> yes, because otherwise I'm not going to like like literally. Yes, like to me, it's the kind of thing where I don't know. Like I, I need to, uh, I need someone to like put a gun to my head and be like, you have to play this because for by all accounts, <laughs> it's something that I would like. Like I like a big sprawling story. I like anime. Like I, I like when things are like super over the top and and very you know emotional and the music sounds great and like all this stuff but it's at the same time like man i don't who has the time um so one of these days <laughs> one of these days i'm gonna get around to it uh it's a time sink, mark has but a, a very worthwhile it's a time one. sink yeah and, and mark has like a ton of articles yes. um, over on goomba stomp <laughs> well no but like it's funny the other too. day the other day i was taking notes to write a new one that's how long i've still yeah, been writing and about you this should game. like why not <laughs> Like it's it's the kind of game where to me part of what's so overwhelming about these Xenoblade games is I'm like man I have I don't even know where to start, but like you, you've written so many great like guide type content for for this game that I think it's going to help people kind of get a leg up especially if they're newcomers to the series. Mm -hmm. um, so you should everybody should should read those articles. Uh, all right, get into the top five here. Well deserved Kirby and the Forgotten Lands. So good. The best Kirby, Kirby game. One of them. Top three Kirby games. Certainly Fantastic. a top three Kirby game. <laughs> uh, keeps all the things that we know and love about Kirby and kind of remixes it with this incredible 
incredible art style, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, it's not an open world game, like to be clear. There's still like stages, still pretty traditional. Like you go through a level, and you, you know, there's hidden areas and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way it just kind of iterates on the established Kirby formula looks just unbelievable. The music is like god tier, god tier Kirby music for sure. Um, we all loved this game, and we it's the perfect talked- transition. Mm, I it agree, really fully is, agree. because it's uh, it's still adhering to the linear style of previous Kirby games. You know, Forgotten Land, it is 3D, but it's still a very linear, straightforward game. But because of adding that third dimension, levels feel so much bigger, so much grander. The adventure just feels so much more ambitious than any other Kirby game before it, I'd say. It's just a joy to wander through this world, and it's just such a visual stunner, too. It's funny because with... Pokemon Scarlet and Violet having come out at the end of the year. There's so much conversation now about, wow, the Switch is just so weak. It can't handle pretty games. Games are ugly on Switch. And every time I see that conversation, I just want to point back to Kirby and the Forgotten Land because this shows what the (laughs) Switch can do. This game is excellent visually and gameplay-wise. And Xenoblade 3. Same thing for that. That too. Yeah, yeah. The the last (laughs) two entries on our list here are are honestly excellent showcases of why the Switch is never going to die. Like, it's... uh... We'll be about tomorrow, yeah. Nintendo's <laughs> next console direct coming soon. Yeah, we just see that, Mario that always, peeking over a curtain once again. That <laughs> always like that. is what happens after we record. So stay tuned for huge Nintendo news in the coming of hours here. Um, and of course, go back and listen to our episode of our podcast uh, where we had Eliza from Kirby Informer on to rant and rave about mm-hmm. Kirby and the Forgotten Land. And then we um, ranked every Kirby game where you lost your mind over having to sit there for another I did. I did unravel by the, by the end of that we episode. We were all lost sure. our mind at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's only uh, 35 four. games. Nothing wrong with that. It's so many. The fact uh, that you number, did all that, Mark. Number four. Number four. Uh, Campbell, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you where this game lands on our indie list in a second here, but I am curious. Uh, number four, Neon White. Uh, a fantastic indie game that the same guy who made Donut County, Ben Esposito. Uh, Mark, you reviewed this game for the site. Why don't you mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about the glorious, heavenly Neon I'll White. I'll tell you, I'll give you a little secret. This was actually my number one for my Switch list. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. For my game of the year, it was God of War, but this was right under it. This was at number two. <laughs> nice. I, uh, yeah. I really, really love this game. I mean, it's just the style, the music, the elements of the. I don't think the story is perfect, but the elements of the story and the character performances all keep you engaged, and especially you know, um, Steve Blum at the forefront, who voices uh, Cowboy, you know, in Cowboy Bebop, he voiced Spike. It's just all so good. And Ben Esposito, his design choices and making a game that stands out from the rest of its genre, just everything about this is just so, it's so Ben Esposito. Like if you play his other games like Donut County, you're just going to recognize, he's basically, he's an indie auteur at this point, I would, I would argue. That's what he is. He's just, it's so good. It's just the shooting mechanics and the speed running of all. It's, it's the best game on Switch this year to me. Yeah. It's a it's a fantastic fantastic game. Um, I still haven't beaten it yet, to be honest. Um, just other things came out that summer, and I haven't finished it yet. Um, but I'm 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 gonna get back to it um, sooner rather than later. I think I'm about halfway through, and then just just like just never went back. Um, so I gotta get back around to it. Um, 
the art style to me is is the big standout. Like I love, mm. I love how it looks. I love how the it minimalistic plays. style. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. And uh, the way yeah. all the characters look with the mask and how the like so you know cool. triangular and stuff they are. It's so good. Very iconic. Yeah. yeah. Extremely, extremely good video game. Um. Yeah. If you like speed running, if you like kind of like platform puzzlers, that's the thing. It's kind of like created its own genre, which I think is the real. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the real draws about this game it's so unique mm-hmm. um but uh, one of the most fun parts about it is of course the competing against your friends aspect of it mark i'm not gonna lie when when i first got this game i did try to beat all of your times for those first couple <laughs> stages uh, i just couldn't help myself um mm-hmm. same here so maybe i don't know if i ever get a back around to finishing it perhaps i will try to do the same again mm-hmm. um so good so so good all right let's k- keep on keep it going here number three tunic Shocking, wow. <laughs> right? Not really. Tunic's Tunic's a great, great game. Uh, came out earlier this year on the X. Oh boy, hold on. Did it come out last year on the Xbox? Did I imagine, did I imagine this? No, no, no. no. Came out on came Switch out this, this year. year. Yeah, it's first a on Switch. Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not true. Uh, came out on Xbox Game Pass first, and now it is on Switch. Uh, but it was this year. But it was this year. That's correct. Uh, it was mm-hmm. first on Xbox, and then it came to came to Switch gotcha. later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Fantastic game, a a kind of a isometric uh, action adventure, very much in the style of of uh, early kind of like the Link's Awakening remake. I'd say it aesthetically looks a lot like the Link's Awakening remake for the Nintendo oh, Switch. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, very like even the main character is you know tunic. He's wearing a tunic. He has a sword and shield. It looks almost a lot <laughs> like Link. Literally, it looks fox. like he's holding the Hylian shield. So exactly, like... it, it's um, Fox Link. It's Fox, it's Fox I think for when sure. I wrote an impressions piece for way back at some event, um, I my headline was "It's the Legend of Zelda, but foxier," and I was very <laughs> proud of that line. I was new to Goomba Stomp That's as me. well. So. Hey, Gary, my name is Chris. I work for Pilot. Oh. You know the TV delivery? Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> I think you forgot uh, the mute. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> your tunic, your your fox headline was interrupted. No, I was so proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, and, and just, just like out. that, he abandoned us. <laughs> he didn't even say bye. He just do we do we just keep this in the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I feel like I have to keep this in. Alrighty. there sorry, I, I tried to meet myself and I fucked it up. Um, yeah, no, we that was all in the all recording, and you know that staying in. You know? I'm I'm glad your headline oh, was ruined. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Um, guys, I'm really sorry about that. Um, where this should we take to it back to? You, you, yes. we, were talking about, we were talking about Fox Link. Um, yeah, I was just saying. Campbell, could yes, you repeat your headline? I'm going yes. to repeat my brilliant headline. Uh, <laughs> when I was do. new to Goomba Stomp and doing my, writing about my first event, uh, I did an impressions piece on the tunic, and my headline for that was, It's like Zelda, but foxier. And I was very proud of myself. <laughs> Uh, I love that. Some I, things don't listen, change. So it was worth it to re to uh, repeat the joke. I yeah, think it it's was funnier it. the second time, obviously. Even funnier the second time. Uh, legitimately a great video game. Um, you guys would love it if you haven't gotten around to playing it yet. It's it's so good. Yeah, we've um, talked about it so many times on the show, and every time I'm like, I need to play that, and then I you don't really play that. <laughs> It's, I just started uh, Skyward Sword, so after I shoot something in a different game afterwards, probably Returnal, <laughs> I will get to this. Yeah, you have to go from RPG to shooter to like puzzle, and then you gotta go back to like something like this. I feel yeah, that's like. how it works, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So you gotta mix Fair it enough. up. Mm-hmm. Um fantastic game. Um I, number three, that's that's that is surprising to me. That's pretty pretty high up there. But hey, listen, 
that's that's uh, as 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 we've all said on the show many times. That's democracy for you. Uh, number two. Now this one, Mark and I had a long conversation about. Yes, this. Um, <laughs> everyone com- on the site was asking me. I'm. I think it's very fascinating. Uh, so you're gonna have to explain the rationale about this. I think this is what you were alluding to when we first talked about this. Yes, list. is that right? Mm-hmm. So Cuphead, the delicious last course. Uh, Mark, explain to me why the delicious last course, a DLC. Mm-hmm. For Cuphead, a game that came out several years ago, yes, <laughs> is number two on our best Switch games of 2022 list. Because it's phenomenal. So many people voted it in their top three. And, you know, the length of this game and the scale of it on its own, it deserves to be called, like, its own title. Because it is. Yeah. The Delicious Last Course was made to be its own Cuphead title. The only thing preventing it, which was the big argument we had behind the scenes, which is, um, you need to play an hour of Cuphead to actually access the DLC, which even the developers think that was a mistake because I think this should have been a standalone thing where it should have been on the main menu and you go right into it. That's how I think this should have been. But it's not. It's an hour into the game to access it, but it's just so damn good. Mm. <laughs> it's it's just phenomenal. The whole thing, the animation, the level design, the, the boss battles, the, the new music, character, Miss Chalice, the music... It's all, it's excellent. It's literally, it shouldn't even be a DLC. It should be its own game because it's just that good. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, and when half the site votes for it in their top three, we have a problem. So it has to, <laughs> it has to go there. There was no choice. Yeah, listen, the, the people have spoken. I think that is, uh, that's all, that's all I can say about it. Um, yeah, I one of these days I'll get around to it. Uh, Cuphead's one of the most beautiful games of the last generation for sure, um, and the and the delicious last course uh, DLC just kind of keeps that going. Uh, so we have listen, guys. We've we've talked about twenty one games. It's time to talk about twenty two. Um, I fully agree with this choice. I think we joked about this months ago that this should be number one and lo and behold it is it was persona 5 royal the port of the fantastic persona 5 not even a port the the kind of the updated definitive version of persona 5 uh has finally made it to the nintendo switch after years of the three of us joking (laughs) and wishing and hoping and begging and here it is finally um, I know Campbell yeah. is out there in Texas, sitting there in his chair, hovering over the microphone, smirking, because I know exactly what you want to say. <laughs> <laughs> what do I want to say, Mark? What do I want to say? You would have never seen it coming. No, you would have never seen it coming, but what I also want to say is clearly, <laughs> at long last, at long last, somebody changed Atlas's heart and got this wow. on Switch. And I'm just so delighted about that. Somebody finally got to take over and put this game on Switch. Um, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to think of other song puns. But unfortunately, <laughs> you already There's more. We the got to listen. If, if you don't have this game yet, wake up, get up, get out there and buy yourself a copy. And honestly, like for the last surprise on this list, Persona 5 <laughs> being on Switch, God. the number one best game of the year on Switch. Not a surprise in the slightest. Um. Yeah, <laughs> scrambles to look up the right now. <laughs> I know we're all, we're all of us frantically googling like what else can we say about this game. Uh, but listen, it is like if if listen, 
I think it's, it's a masterpiece. It's, it's, it's a freaking it's really, masterpiece. It is it like is... the perfect RPG, honestly, especially on Switch. This game is mm-hmm. amazing. But playing it, I played all of it on PS5 this year. Well, I played the PS4 version on my PS5. And it's a great game, but it's a drag to have to sit down at your TV whenever you want to just, you know, uh, jump into the velvet room for a little bit and do some fusing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it is the perfect truly a perfect fit for switch it's crazy that it took atlas this long to get this game on switch uh and it just feels amazing it's an excellent port too it's slightly ever so slightly fuzzier than the ps4 version the visuals aren't quite as sharp but the performance better than the ps3 solid exactly Mm -hmm. right uh it looks great. It feels great to play. It is amazing. If you haven't played this yet, if you like RPGs, you have a Nintendo Switch, there's not really any excuse not to play this at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it but, runs perfectly. There's not even like perfectly. a caveat to it. It's, no. yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh, all three of us now are playing on the Switch OLED. I think it's worth mm-hmm. uh, worth mentioning. Well, I don't I don't own it on Switch. I have it on PS5. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We I will get it on Switch eventually, but this, yeah. There was no yeah, question. This deserved to be number one. I think that's fair. Um, it's uh, it's a phenomenal game. Um, yeah, it's the definitive. It's like just what a phenomenal JRPG. Um, it, it does everything you want in a JRPG: satisfying combat, epic story, great memorable characters, unbelievable art direction, mm-hmm. the music, of course, as we've you know joked about uh, many times. It's just a phenomenal game, and of course, um, I do recommend listening to our uh, the podcast where we had uh, we had James on for this one, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh, uh, we we talked about Persona Five Royal with James uh, a couple of months ago, and it was just a delight. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's our twenty two best Nintendo Switch games of twenty twenty two. A pretty solid list, I would yeah. say. There's some, some some fun surprises in there, which which I appreciate. Some like I think a lot of. A lot of a lot of games of the year lists, especially this year, it's a lot of like it's Elden Ring, it's God of War, and it's like I think it's nice mm-hmm. to focus just on the Switch and see. A, there's like a lot of fun titles. It's like oh yeah, that kind of slipped through the cracks, or you know I, I forgot about that or whatever. I think I think it's nice to to kind of focus exclusively on one platform. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, how, how do we round this out? We, all, all three of us have reviewed like between the three of us, we've reviewed or written about. Almost every single game on this list. Yes. Um, I, I think we, we called out the exceptions, but uh, but between the yeah. three of us, I think we did a pretty good job at covering all the information here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about many of these games on our podcast, so if you if there's any of those games that you've heard about and you're like, oh, what's that? Like, take a look. We've probably covered it at some point on the show. Probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. Um, For the indie no games chance. list, we should mention this. Um, I think Windjammers 2 is, like, the only one not on here. No, there's there's quite a few others uh, that aren't on here. Another one is Once Upon a Jester. Right, uh, right, right. I, Once Upon oh, a Jester. Oh, yes. Campbell yeah, just finished massive, that. Line, massive, massive yes. recommendation for that. Uh, a Memoir Blue. Spirit in the Mouse. Also. Memoir Blue, yeah. Uh, oh, Haiku. Haiku the Robot. Infernax. Haiku the Robot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there's, there's a, listen. We have our 22 best games of 22, uh, 2022 for the Switch. That list is the one we just went through. Um, we also have our, 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 our list here, the best indies of 2022. So I would say, you know, you, you finish reading the list about the, the best games on Switch, swap on over to the best indie games like and, and see, if, see what the overlaps are. Um, 
we could probably call it there unless there's anything else we want to call out, uh, my friends. God of War is still the game of the year. <laughs> God of War is still, it's still a great game. Uh, sorry, Elden Ring. So well, I, listen, I love Elden Ring. I can't. I can't. Who knows? They're both good, <laughs> guys. They're both good. It's a good time to like third-person action RPGs. What can I say? Yes. Um. Well, I guess we'll. I guess we'll wrap it there then. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Daxon. You can find some of my writing over on Goombastomp.com. Again, including many of the games that we just spoke about. Um, and I also reviewed recently Harvestella, which I did not like very much. <laughs> but you, can, you can check out my thoughts about that game. Uh, I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Uh, Mark, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at the Markel. That, of course, Mark the C, Cal the K. You can find me over on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, right now, over on Goombastomp.com, um, you'll you'll find something this weekend that I should be publishing. Otherwise, I'll just uh, check out all our lists. Of course, we have the Game of the Year list, which is the 22 best games 2022. We have the 22 best Nintendo Switch games. Uh, the 22 best PlayStation games should be up this weekend, I think. And then, of course, we have our 22, or not 22, but we have our best indies list, which is a uh, a select selection of some of our favorites. Select selection. <laughs> select selection, as opposed to a non-selected selection. Is there is there twenty two right. on that list? Yeah, actually, it's there is twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two best indies. I wasn't sure if it was twenty or twenty two. It's twenty two because, gosh, Dana, it is two thousand twenty two. We've got to have a theme here. So, but I will say the twenty twenty two indie list is not ranked. It is listed in alphabetical order because mm -hmm. over in Indie Land, we don't believe in conflict. We believe in every indie <laughs> game being on the same pedestal as the other. Oh, that's yeah, isn't that what a, nice. what a what a lovely thought. Mm -hmm. uh, Campbell, what about yourself? Where can where can we uh, where can we track you? You can track me down to Goombastomp.com. That's where I've hidden all of my indie games writing. Uh, hunt me down over there. But yeah, all I've got recently is just I've been in list land working on the indie list, the game of the year list, the Nintendo Switch games of the year list. So go check those out. The capsules we've written, edited, written intros, all that good stuff. Check out all of those lists, especially the indie list. I'm a little bit biased there. Uh, and if you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Campbell S. Gill on Twitter, uppercase C. SG. Lovely. Uh, NExpress is also over on social media. We're on Twitter at NExpress Nintendo. Don't forget to rate, review, you know, perceive us and all the podcast platforms of your choice. Uh, you know, of course, more more listeners helps us get more, you know, it helps us keep the show going. So let's keep it going. Happy holidays. Have a great time. Play some video games. Spend time with your family. And we will see you very, very soon. By see you, of course, mean will hold on what am i trying to say here you'll, you'll hear, hear us, us. You'll listen to us soon <laughs> i don't you know you, you guys you guys were, were following what i was saying thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time Bye.